0: All right, hello everyone, and thank you for joining us today. We are back with another conversation today. We are talking about um, the death of Christ and and a few things that that accomplished and a few things that did, and, and kind of the reasoning behind it. Why did that have to happen? And I'll just tell you, we've seen. I mean, we could probably talk for a couple of hours on this, just going back and forth and rambling into theories or right answers or or anything like that, because it's been debated for you know, a couple thousand years now, ever since it actually happened. And so we are going to attempt to do a probably too short version of this and just see what happens. So let's get started.
1: Okay. So, uh, obviously this is one of the little subjects in the doctrine of Christ because we're actually in the doctrine of Christ and we're talking about the death of Christ at this point. And, um, before we get in to the specifics of that um i want to try to answer the question or address some issues that over the years uh centuries that um people christians have come up with some unique versions or interpretations or thoughts about why jesus died and we're not. There's tons of these, and I just want to mention a couple of them because you may hear these, and you may actually be thinking about this and not know it until you hear it. So, for example, one of the theories on the death of Christ is called the ransom payment to Satan. Okay? So this teaches that Jesus' death was a ransom paid to the devil for the purpose of delivering humanity from his claim. So so this belief is wrong for it, it ignores the, the truth that the debt of sin uh, was owed to God since it was God's law that was violated. So, you know, now I want to tell you, when I first got saved, th- that was my understanding. I, I thought this whole debt that Jesus paid, I thought he was paying the devil off to get me back. You know, that's what I thought. And, um, of course I, you know, again, I didn't, I wasn't raised in church, but in my mind, you know, that, that's, that's where I was. And, but that's not what happened at all. I mean, the, 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 the ransom, uh, paid was to God and, uh, because it was, it was he who we had offended. And, um, if, and if you understand all that, so, all right, that was one, that's one approach to this. Another approach that's not right is the moral influence theory. This belief states that Jesus' death was not a ransom, but a revelation of God's love that awakens a response in the sinner and delivers him from the power of sin. In other words, this theory is is that, oh wow, Jesus died on the cross, Uh, for me, wow, that's awesome. You know what? That really means he loves me. And because you sense and feel this incredible love, you somehow start living right. Okay. So it makes you live more moral somehow. and uh, But that's not really what's going on here. And uh, once you realize how much Jesus loves you, then uh you will change that's what this theory is talking about so anyway this view fails to explain the substitutionary character of jesus death where he had to die in our place not simply because it's just a demonstration of his love which it is a demonstration of his love okay but it's much more than that as well okay another false view is called the theory of thomas Uh, this view believes the death of Christ was not necessary and that God could have redeemed man without it. This view makes the death of Christ arbitrary and ignores the holiness and justice of God. So, um, you know, you may have had this question, you know, know, couldn't God save mankind some other way? I mean, he is sovereign. He's all-powerful. You know, couldn't he have done something else? Well, no, uh, because of who he is, because of the holiness, the justice, the wrath, all this stuff that had to that had to be taken care of. Or you know, and I'm trying not to get too deep into this right out of the gate, but um, the bottom line is is that the death of Christ was necessary. He had to die the way he died um and uh, and we might be able to get in that later in this series uh but uh the theory of thomas is that's that's weak is not and it's not biblical another example is the exam uh well another example is the example theory uh this believes that jesus did uh not bear the exact full penalty of the law uh, since this could require him to die as many deaths as there are sinners, uh, this believes that forgiveness of sins is an act of pure mercy, based on man's repentance and obedience. In other words, Jesus just set the example for us, okay? And he was showing us that you have to die to yourself and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, and if you'll repent and turn to God, uh, then uh, God's mercy will will save you and that's not accurate as well that is far from uh what the bible uh teaches now one more uh it's called the governmental theory this believes that jesus death was just simply symbolic showing god's hatred of sin so this ignores the lord's death uh paid the debt of our sins and so it it just it's just a picture that you know so that we'd understand how bad sin is that God had His Son die on a cross. So, um, well, all those, you know, for some reason or other, you know, found a hearing back in in the day, and and there's other versions out there. of These things, and uh, and if you don't know the Bible, you may have your own version of what it's all about. Um, uh, so, Chris, do you, do you have any ideas about uh, like different views? Have you ever had conversations with people about? why they think jesus died or what it was all about that's you know kind of it's not biblical but you know you could see why they would think that
0: yeah yeah i think so you know a lot of this comes back to to the idea of universalism so jesus died so everyone could be saved but it's not a choice at that point just everyone gets saved and um that was um Oh, my goodness. His name slipped my mind. Uh, William Paul Young, the author of The Shack, kind of he didn't mainstream that theory, but he he really did jump on it at at some point with the idea that um, Jesus died. You are therefore saved. And then when he was presented with the question of hell or eternal punishment or separation from God, he, he basically said, well, not following Christ in this life and understanding the joy that is following Christ is hell in itself. And, and, you know, there's a ton of ways to talk about that in the Bible that just show that it's just not true. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I mean sometimes we hear that theory where it's, you know, Jesus died, Jesus died so that all are saved. Not that all can be saved, but so that Jesus died so that all are saved. And I think that's probably the one that I hear the most. Um, and I'll, I'll jump on a soapbox real quick. This is, this is something we see a lot in kids' ministry. And we, man, we fight this tooth and nail in kids' ministry because so many kids believe that because they go to church, because they're in kids' ministry, because their parents take them to church, boom, they are covered. And so we always have to talk about this is a choice, this is a choice, this is a choice. You know, this is a choice that we make. And if you don't make a choice, then you have chosen, you know. And um, so, you know, we have to talk about that a lot because this idea of Jesus died, therefore I am saved is fairly problematic. But like I said, that's probably the one that I hear the most. I don't know about you, if you hear one more than others or anything.
1: Yeah, I hear, um, I've heard some versions of what i just shared over the 25 years but i've also heard that one. that holy this the universal thing seems to be
0: taking well becoming more and more popular Mm -hmm. it is because it's i okay so take this like you know what i'm about to say actually what i'm saying don't hear what i'm not saying but i would love to believe in universalism i can't i can't do it because it's to me, it's just not biblical. And I've got some friends that subscribe to universalism and, and, um, it's just not right, but it is very attractive. Uh, I think you actually mentioned that, you know, it's attractive on another one of our podcasts maybe, but
1: yeah, I, um, I did uh, because yeah. there's a guy I used to listen to. Well, I yeah. say, I liked his music, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I've been to his church and it was a mega church at the time, but mm-hmm. anyway, and he, I mean, when it comes to the gospel. And salvation the death of christ he was right on the money yeah. and then somewhere along the way he started chasing this universalist rabbit and um right. and decided that when jesus died on the cross he died for everybody which right. is true but me but he meant it for he died for everybody so and it's already done is
0: saved right right i mean i mean that takes place immediately for everybody. yeah there's
1: no belief there you don't have to believe in jesus you don't have to you know you know jesus just saved everybody just a blanket right universal salvation for
0: everyone regardless of what we believe or what we do which is again it it would be great for me to believe that because you know uh, all of us have friends all of us have family members that just refuse for some, for some reason in their mind or, or something that happened to them, they just refuse to accept the gift of salvation. And, and it's just much easier to say, it's okay. It's okay, because Jesus already died for them. And that's, um yeah, it's much easier. And it is much more attractive. And sometimes, you know, we did that. Um, we did a sermon series at one point called what was it fool's gold. And it was like, determining the fake or real stuff sometimes that fake stuff sometimes the truth is is significantly less attractive than the real thing or uh or than the fake thing you know so sometimes the fake thing looks a lot better and we want it because it's more attractive but it's just not it's not true it's not good
1: so. well hey you know the devil is very good at being an angel of light okay <laughs> he is very good at making things appear wonderful when they're not. And, um, I mean, we have to be, and that's why you need to know the word. That's why you Mm, need to know God's truth, you know, to, uh, because if not, I mean, the deception kicks in and Mm -hmm. you get your false beliefs out of whack. And next thing you know, you're, you're teaching some false gospel and you're giving some very bad counsel and advice, you know, to people, Absolutely. you know, um, because the guy I was talking about a while ago i don't want to mention his name right. you know but uh but they end up making a movie about that his transformation in this or change from being evangelical to this universalist guy and um um uh, and in it they made a huge deal about this one guy in the movie they made a Usually about this one guy who was struggling with a particular sin. And uh, anyway, near the end of the movie, this particular guy, you know, he was was dying. And that pastor told him, he says, look, you don't have to repent or do anything. You don't have to worry about it. Jesus died for you. You are already saved. You're one of his. And I'm thinking, man, that is a false gospel. and um it's just nuts but anyway um but that and- was
0: oh yeah that was um william paul young stuff you know he we mentioned it he alluded to it in the shack but then later on you know it was kind of beneath the radar we were on oh, right, who knows if it's what he believes or not and then the next thing he came out with not the next thing but a few years back he came out with something called 20 or something called lies we believe about god and he talks about 28 different what he calls lies and man you can look at the table of contents and just go uh-oh you know <laughs> and so um but yeah but it is it's a very attractive lie i mean you know it's a very attractive thing that's just not true so
1: it is yeah. and you know and there you know and the thing is some of this <clears throat> if you take one verse you can build a universalist salvation oh sure sure sermon if you will but you're gonna have to ignore
0: a ton of others you know what i'm saying and uh uh, hey man if you've ever gone hunting and you've used a decoy you know what happens when something is very attractive but not real because man we put out like deer and turkey decoys all the time to get the bucks to come in the, the male turkeys the toms to come in and That goes really badly for them. So, (laughs) so things that are attractive, but not true. Not good. Anyway. So there you go. Uh, Here's my hunting reference for the day.
1: Well, and the thing, yeah, well, here's the thing though, you know, as parents, grandparents, you know, uh, Christian employees, and you know, as a Christian, if you're watching this and listening to this, it is very important that you understand the doctrine of Christ and you know, the death of Christ specifically. So that, because if you don't understand the death of Christ, you don't understand the gospel. Just don't understand it. Because you've got to understand why he died on that cross. Uh, to And if you get that wrong, uh, what to what, your theology on salvation is going to be messed up. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Okay, so uh, so let's return to the question. Okay, for whom did Christ die? Okay. That's really the question we're, we're wrestling with. And, uh, well, the simple answer is he died for all, but only those who place faith in him for salvation will be saved. Okay. All right. So the famous verse for this one probably the most popular verse in the Bible is John three sixteen. Okay. So listen carefully to what it says all right so for god loved the world that's everybody all right for god so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son okay for the whole world so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life okay so technically this is called unlimited limited atonement so if you pull out some kind of systematic theology book or something and you're reading different views of the atonement the, you know um you'll find various views and one of them will be this unlimited limited atonement and when you when you really wrestle with the what the bible says i'm convinced that this is where you'll land you'll land on unlimited. Limited atonement meaning unlimited meaning jesus died for everybody limited meaning uh only those who place their faith in him will be saved okay and um uh so who did he die for well he he died for everybody that's the bottom line and uh, but only those who places their faith in him will be saved um okay before we move on, any comments on
0: any of that, Chris? No, the 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 major pushback to um, unlimited limited atonement is the idea of limited atonement that that Christ only died for those who will eventually accept Him. Right. And I've mentioned this before. Um, you know, it's important to discuss that 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 Jesus died for everyone, but the result is the same. He the the people that. Accept um, Jesus will be with God for eternity. The people that don't will not. So, you know, He died for everyone, but then, like you said, only the people that accept Him are with God for eternity in heaven. So, yeah. Right. And so, there when you if
1: you if you do dig into this further, you'll find there's some semantic issues going on oh, yeah. between some of
0: the views
1: and um, the, um mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. I I thought you were done.
1: Yeah, well I'm done. Oh, okay. Except well, for the go. except for the next little part
0: here. Yeah. So um I was telling you a little bit earlier, I went to a virtual conference yesterday. It was twelve hours almost it was eleven hours in front of my laptop. Um I was like, hey, cool, this is the first time I'll get to go to a conference in like seven years. So hey, this is cool. Oh my goodness. Try spending eleven hours in front of your laptop just watching videos. It just it's painful, man. But um you know, one of the things that we talked about was kind of the current level of divide in the country, and and how it just it just seems like people just cannot get together on this stuff. And it's funny because I'll be um, I sent this to the worship team. I'll be talking with them about this soon. Uh, we're starting to do kind of a once a month practice, and part of that will be kind of studying a scripture together and talking about it, praying about it, and what the one we're talking about is revelation seven, nine. And that says, uh, after this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the lamb and they're praising God. And the the words that we're focusing on are going to be every nation, tribe, people, and language, because we're seeing a ton of this. Um, I I keep seeing, you know, um, and I'll, I'll use, I mean, I'll use just the straight up terms i'm here make america great again is incompatible with the gospel black lives matter is incompatible with the gospel the me too movement is incompatible with the gospel you can't be a democrat and be a christian you can't be a republican and be a christian okay (laughs) what part of every nation and tribe and people and language do you not quite get and so when we say jesus died for everyone that not only has a huge theological ramification on what we're talking about, it also has a huge life application that we start to see everyone as someone that Christ died for. And when we are truly, you know, believers in Christ, we have to be able to see someone and say, that person was important enough for Christ to die for, and we should see them that way. And so, you know, when we talk about who did Jesus die for, Whew, there's a big application there in in how we treat people and how we discuss things with people. It is.
1: And and when it comes to um uh theology, you know what's sad is you'll find talking about this great divide that you're talking about, you'll find that among Christians too, man. I mean, they you know, there's just been some folks in my life that I just don't bring up I mean, Christians, I do not bring up theology. Right. Because they just cannot handle anybody believing something different than them, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, Paul calls it in Galatians. um, He says in Galatians 5.15, I love this terminology. He says, "Um, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch (laughs) out. Beware of destroying one another. Man, we've been working together for since, what, 2013? We've seen some biting and devouring. Yeah. (laughs) And I've been doing this. I mean, I've been in ministry since 07. I'm, you know, you've probably been in ministry since like the 50s. And so, I mean, you've seen some biting. Yeah, and we're
1: talking 1650s. Yes. Okay. 1650s. Yeah. There, there right, you go, man.
0: Know. So we've seen, I mean, a lot of biting and devouring, and especially even among Christians. I mean, for theology, for other things, you know, for the first church I worked at, for uh, I will never forget, man one of the first bad business meetings I ever had in my ministry, my vocational ministry career was like two and a half hours. And it was about replacing the carpet in the sanctuary and that got heated. And then when we thought that like it couldn't boil over anymore, somebody brought up where they were going to start putting the coat racks. If we started having wooden floors and somebody suggested moving them into the sanctuary and like, that was straight-up heresy of the highest order. And, I mean, I thought people were going to start, like, calling for the death penalty. So, anyway, we've seen people bite (laughs) and devour each other over issues of, I mean, very low-level importance. And so, you know, at some point, like I said, we just have to be able to see people as that, although I don't agree with their politics, is someone that Jesus died for. And that kind of changes how we see people. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, once you get a God-shaped
1: heart for people, you really don't care what they believe, what language they speak, what color their skin is. uh, And you get to the point where you just, you see that, you begin to see that you're aware of all that, but you, you see it less and less. I mean, because that's just not your focus anymore, you know? And, um, uh, and it frustrates me to hear some of the things that some Christians are saying, which they're just focusing on the wrong stuff, you know? And, uh, and I think, you know, so here's the deal. I I know some of our friends, um, uh, uh, out there, you know, whether it's with Genesis or just people I've known over the last 25, 30, 40 years. Um, you know, let me just give you some advice. You know, um, use a lot of wisdom when it comes to social media. Do not vent, do not rant, you know what I'm saying? And, um, make sure that if you're posting your opinion, be gracious about it, you know, uh, you know, and never do anything just out of emotion. I think some of the stuff is they just get mad, upset, sin, you know, or post or whatever, you know? and um it doesn't do anybody any good man think it through uh, man be a witness be a light you know take the high road uh, you know let your conversation be full of grace you know um and, uh, you know and, and i think some of the, and i think some of the tension you know will will you know die down at least in your little world if you just sort of not create any yourself you know what i'm saying now, there are times, and with that said, I think there are times where you need to stand up and say what's right. Don't misunderstand sure. what I'm saying here. Sure. Uh, but you got to use some wisdom. Don't just be willy-nilly out there with all that stuff. Because uh, it's hard for me not to respond saying, dude,
0: take <laughs> tone, that off. Tone it down, buddy. Tone it down. <laughs> dude, bring it, bring it go down take a nap. <laughs> Feel better. Hey, so <laughs> if I start posting like, like that kind of stuff on social media and you as my pastor tell me to take a nap. Do I have to do that? Yeah. That sounds like a really good way for me to get to take some naps.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to start telling you to
0: take naps. I would appreciate that. <laughs> Aiden, our two-year-old is still like sleepwalking. He's got an appointment with a sleep psychologist coming <laughs> up because we just like, we're just not sleeping. Right. I haven't slept in about five years now. So that's right. that's cool.
1: Wow, okay, I think for the last 15 minutes, we have
0: chased whatever rabbit death.: It wasn't bad. We were talking about talking about treating people like they were someone that Jesus died yeah. for. That was yeah. good. The sleep yeah, that's walk, good. that's, that's good. That's where we.: where Yeah, we it's sleep. still connected to the death of Christ. So We're good. we're good. Yeah. There, we're good. Yeah. We're
1: good. Uh, okay, how long have we been going? Um, probably about I don't
0: know, 20, 25 minutes. Okay, I've so, been timing this one.
1: Okay, well, uh, we've been at least that long. So I tell you what, we'll pick up here next time, yep. and and what we'll do next time, we'll still talk about the death of Christ, and we're gonna um, hammer out a little bit on uh, unpacking some things about answer the question why, you know, why did Jesus have to die, or what did he die for? What did what did his death produce? You know,
0: yeah, that that'll be fun. I, I saw a a post online recently where. Uh, and this one had so much back and forth on it. And by back and forth, I mean, bite and devour, you know? <laughs> and so, um, but he said, oh, I'll try to find it for next time because I think it would be good to look at. But he said, you know, Jesus came and died to save you for your from your sins and to basically repair your relationship with God. And then he just went on and said, you know, um, don't buy into – jesus also died to you know help people you know talking about things like you know jesus didn't die to end racism jesus didn't die to end you know sexual assault jesus didn't die to do this it's a it's a good conversation because statement a was true jesus died to save us from our sins but statement b is also not so true where jesus did you know so so looking at what are the primary, what is the primary benefit, the primary reason for Jesus dying? And what are the secondary benefits could be? Yeah. Because, be you know, re-
1: yeah. Well, and the reality is, is that, um, when he, when Jesus died to save us from our sins, okay. Uh, now we're getting into the doctrine of sin. Sure. Okay. But, um, it, it doesn't mean that he came to save us from others' sins. I mean, while we're here on earth, you Absolutely. know what we're going to have? We're going to have racism mm-hmm. until Jesus comes back. Yeah. We're going to have uh, abuse of all levels. You know what I'm saying? Now we
0: shouldn't be the racists and the no. abusers, but we will no. understand that. Yeah, we should exists, eventually
1: right? grow to where we love all people right. and we're not, you know, the mean, grumpy, rude right. people, you know, we got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Yeah, you need business. to go take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> in other words, you need to go take a nap, <laughs> yes. man and so um, the uh, uh but we'll talk about some of yeah. that stuff i think next time so yeah, that'll um, be good what, stuff. what the result of his death did for us so
0: yeah that'll be good man looking right. forward to it all right yeah. see you guys next time